The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, with me is Todd, of course. We have a very special guest, Andrew. Uh, Andrew is a writer at uh, 12th Man Rising as well, and it's uh, great to have him on the show. How are you doing, Andrew? Oh, it's great to be here. Uh, and for those who don't know it, um, Andrew had a very special thing he did yesterday. Um, I don't know if anybody saw the clip of Joe Biden coming out of the, the castle in Ireland with the dropkick Murphy's playing. That was Andrew's idea, actually. He sent yeah. that in. And uh, <laughs> we're like, yeah, let's run with that. So Fantastic. Yes, great Kudo, idea. Kudos to you, sir. That was amazing. Yeah. So, Andrew, uh, as far as the offseason moves that the Seahawks have done, of course, they, they were a lot more uh, aggressive in free agency than the normal uh, signed Dre Jones or yeah, Dre Jones and brought back Jaron Reed, um, you know, Devin Bush, Bobby Wagner, re-signed Gino. Um, is there anything that they, the Seahawks didn't do this offseason possibly that you were like, eh, maybe they didn't have the money for it, but I really wish they had done this. Well, uh, the, the position that I wish they would have gone after was running back. Uh, they um, they really still need an, a running back too. I, I like I like Kenneth Walker, but I think they need a, I think they need another guy there, and hopefully they'll address that in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. We've we've talked running backs. It's kind of you know running backs kind of a weird market compared to when Todd and I grew up in the 1700s. Um, like Alexander Hamilton made all that money being a running back at Princeton, but um, <laughs> scat back. Yes, yeah, amazing hands. Amazing hands. <laughs> That's right. Scatman Crothers is a tailback. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing where it's it's the running backs used to be a prime position, yeah. right, in the NFL. And yeah, and, and the market obviously was different. I mean, they didn't make as much money as they do now, but but you would pay a running back comparatively speaking than what you do now. Now you've got like Leonard Fournette still out there, I think, right? Um, and yeah. he always gets signed for like $3 million, which is like chump change. I mean, I think he would be great in Seattle, but I agree with you. It's They've almost yeah. done the opposite. They really just have DJ and 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 Kenneth Walker, right? So at this yeah. point, they need three other running backs, and they're not going to draft three running backs, I would hope. No. So is there any no. free agent running back out there that, that you see? I mean, even if it's like, hey, Carlos Hyde, let's bring him back. He's been out for a year or something. Well, there was – 
there have been some speculation that they might, you know, maybe they trade for Derrick Henry or something. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen or yeah. anything like that. But um, I would expect them to probably look for a running back too, maybe in the fourth or fifth round of this year's draft. It seems like a better option than, than maybe going the free agency route. But if they do go that route, I mean, lots of teams cut players, We as we know, before the season starts. Uh, I don't know if they want to wait that long, but but uh, that it's happened before where a team just just they have to make a salary cap cut or or they they just don't make the roster they need more roster space for other players you know something could open up there and also like i said trades another another possibility if they decide to go that route what do you think of uh there's been some talk about Bijan robinson about the seahawks going for him and the coach of the rams yeah that would mean make sense, right? And like like you were talking about that the running backs used to be. I mean, if this was 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, this guy would be the hands down number one pick, no doubt. Oh yeah. But running back is such a devalued position now. He's he may even slide out of the top 10, which is crazy. Um, a guy who wrote a really bad mock draft and then wrote a second mock draft to just kind of like troll everybody actually had a better pick for the Seahawks with his supposedly bad draft than he did with his actual draft. He, he said, go for Robinson. If they could get him at 20, or if they moved up to like 17 or 18, do you think that would be a, a good I, – I know you're not going to say they need to take him with their first pick, but do you think that would be a good pick for them, their second pick in the first round? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I, I think you, they need to get a, number, a good number two. I, I just think Walker can't can't do it on his own. I think I, I really do believe you need you need two – Good running backs, you know. Marshawn Lynch needed uh, Robert Turbin back in the day. You know, you need you need that that number two can spell the the number one, and sometimes you just need an, you need a guy who maybe is a better pass blocker on a passing down. You know, you just don't you just uh, you, you, you get certain guys fit certain roles. So, uh, I mean, I like DJ Dallas. He's definitely going to be on the roster. I mean. I'd have to think, you know, if he's the only other running back on the roster besides Walker, he's he's going to be on the roster. So, um, but if you get one yeah. more, like it, you could also look fourth or fifth round, maybe a Dwayne McBride is there in the fourth or fifth round, or or even right. uh, 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 the running back from uh, Kansas State, uh, Deuce, I believe is what his name is. Yeah, yeah. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You can definitely find value these days. You can definitely find value at running backs later in the draft, just because they're so like they're so devalued. Like Chris Carson. So, <laughs> that's never going to happen again. But oh my God, wouldn't that be fantastic? It's like can't can't we like go six million dollar? It could be six billion dollar man at this point, and like fix Chris's neck and bring him back. Because like oh yeah. my gosh, um, that's what uh, Bezos is going to buy the team. That's his first first thing he does when he buys the team. Is he- <laughs> yeah. As, as you can see, we go off the rails quickly. Uh, so you're saying that you don't we're actually see- more on the rails than normal. We're having to really we're straining to stay on the rails at this point. <laughs> so you're saying you don't see DJ and I'm not like you're dissing him or anything, but you don't see DJ as being uh, strong enough or talented enough to be the number two that you well, see someone else come in. Because that's I like- what I think. I think he's uh, number three in the roster. Awesome. I love the oh, guy. It should be I noted that Todd do. lives near Miami. Oh, DJ wow. went to Miami. Yes, that's why I hate him. 
Because you want him to go to the Dolphins, what is? I want Travis Homer back, even though he signed with who did he sign with the Bears? I th- I think uh, actually jumping on something Andrew said with Travis Homer, they're they're going to miss him on third down simply because of his blocking. Mm-hmm. They they don't have yeah. that guy right now. Um, especially, yeah, but especially the blocking. Yeah, right. yeah. And uh, I think another guy that I was looking at was that was mentioned this week was Zach Charbonnet. He's another he's another running back who could be there in the fourth or fifth. Uh, the, I mean, this is a really deep running back draft. It's just, like you said, the position is just different than it was years ago, and it just isn't as valued. That's why Bijan Robinson should be a top 10 pick, but he, but he isn't, unfortunately, because of uh, just the way that running backs are viewed now. Um, so. Yeah, I am. Um, what I want Seattle to do is just when they, because there's only one roster cut this year. Uh, they change. They keep changing that back and forth for some reason. Like three, one. Now it's back to one. They really should cut Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas. Not hit, have any running backs. On the team. <laughs> totally agree. It's like, oh, Derek Young. Maybe let's try him at running back. He seems yeah. to be doing pretty well. With everything else, um, or boy, Amafe is the fullback. Yeah, or, or DK Metcalf. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, I mean, they may it's kind of funny that you mentioned Metcalf because it's like you see all these receivers who are like Debo, Debo, uh, mm-hmm. Daniel, almost said Sweeney. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of them are able to Metcalf wouldn't do it because just because he's too big. And I know we're just yeah. joking about that or Lockett wouldn't Lockett probably could, but he wouldn't really fit that. It makes you wonder if like D Eskridge could line up, you know, the two plays that he plays, one of them could be <laughs> at running back. But it, yeah. it does make you wonder if they would choose like a running back or oh, sorry, a wide receiver who is thinking, you know, because uh, Seattle likes moving people around, and trying them in different positions, especially yeah. like offensive linemen. This drafting yeah, receiver, yes. and they're thinking, you know, this guy also might be able to fill in at running back. I mean, that who knows? Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah, just put put DK back there, turn him into the Y back. <laughs> yeah, and even just start trucking guys, man. Big, I guess big, Nick Ballore could be it. Yeah. Big Stolen. running back. That'd be like the tallest running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, Derek Henry. That's that's the, the weird thing of, about the return of Eddie George. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, and you talk about George and Henry's obviously a different kind of beast, but or Eric Dickerson, all those guys were kind of taller, but I, I don't know why that doesn't work now. I mean, it used to be it didn't work because it's whatever, you know, oh, they're too big of hitting zone, right? Now it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, yeah. they might as well try somebody who's just massive, Christian Okoye yeah. kind of thing. Well, the uh, the other thing I was uh, just thinking of is uh, there has been history with the Seahawks taking a running back in the first round. They took Kurt Warner. Uh, I think it was back. I think it was the John Elway draft. I think it was was it 1983? I believe. Uh, th- yes, it was. Which, was it 83? Yes, it was 83. Sorry, yeah. I, you said 83. My brain went to 93, and I was like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I remember. Yeah, they took Kurt Warner. He was a big. Uh, franchise running back it took him out of I think they took him out of Penn State he was Penn State he was, right. yeah yeah he's a really good uh running back uh that they had for a long time uh and they took him at number two overall so and I think that they had gotten that pick also from somebody else that year too if I yeah. do recall is it sad that Todd and I can remember when he played at Penn State that's <laughs> no that's that's no, true I don't think very true. sad <laughs> I, I think actually we were doing this podcast like two years before he, <laughs> probably his, before he was a freshman at penn state before he committed that's right he's uh, a freshman in high school um 
Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's so interesting with the two first round picks this year and the and the pretty high second round pick because it's almost like they have three top. It wouldn't be surprising if I think Mel Kiper had them trading back into the to the first round to pick thirty and trading their two second round picks to take a quarterback, Hendon Hooker. So they ended up with three first round picks. Um, that would be extremely unusual for Seattle. Yeah. yeah would you be willing rounders? to? Yeah. Would you be willing to trade? What would you? What would you give up for like pick twenty? Because you know, of the picks, I think they're going to stand pat at number five, just because they've got way too much talent. If if you pass on the talent at number five, that's bad because there's just so much there that right. won't be there later, like number nine right. possibly. But number twenty makes more sense to trade back, and you know historically mm-hmm. they've done yeah. that. What what would you give up for like pick twenty? Would you still want to stay in the first round, or would you be like, oh, somebody's giving me like two first rounder or two second rounders this year and a first rounder next year? Is that something you would do? I mean, how much would you give up for that? Yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be willing to move probably. Well, since we pick at thirty seven, so I mean, we're that's almost like a late first round pick. I mean, it's an early yeah. second round pick. Yeah. So if thank if you, they Russ. decided to. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Again? Yeah. So if they decided to trade at 20, it would make a lot of sense because they could they could trade that down and potentially, you know, take uh, Torrance out of Florida. I would love uh, that. Yeah, I would love that. Because yeah. he's expected to fall in the late first yep. or early second. So there's a possibility you could trade back to like i don't know maybe 28 or 30 um i just filled out a mock draft myself and you just mentioned hooker uh i I, he he didn't even go in my mock draft until uh 83rd and that's where i took him (laughs) uh i don't know if he's gonna go that late because there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation that he's moving up a lot of draft boards because before he got hurt, Hendon, Herc- Hendon Hooker would have been uh, would have been right there with Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, all those all those guys uh, until he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he would have been there. Hooker is um interesting. So I used to live in Seattle, um, and so I have family there. So that's what my where my tie is to the Seahawks. I actually live about what 15 miles, I guess, Todd. Todd used to live where I live, um, yeah. 15 miles from the University of Tennessee. 17.8 so from the city. Yeah, yeah, saw a ton of Hendon Hooker. And Hooker is, Hooker, he's 25, which is a little old for a quarterback to be drafted to me. Mm-hmm. Or anyone. Um, yeah. If you're thinking about like, okay, well, we're only going to have Geno for one year and then we're going to release him. But then we've got this guy who's going to be then 26. It's kind of weird, you know, why would you do that right. to me? Yeah. But, but Hooker is, he's a, it gets complicated with him. He is he's Very a system cool. quarterback. Josh Heupel's system at Tennessee is just genius. It's near genius what that guy does. So if you instill a and the reason he got the job is a quarterback who they were going to start not last year but the year before has a a cannon for an arm but has no touch. Like he's an anti Russell Wilson when it comes to throwing deep passes. And I mean oh. that's sincerely. Like he just he's going to be the starter this year. His name's Joe Milton. Milton. I mean he is. A cannon, like Anthony Richardson type arm, legit. Very um, much because yeah. wow, touch too. Yeah, he can throw. He will. The thing with him is he would throw to a receiver sixty yards downfield, like it just flicks of his flick of his wrist and he throws sixty yards. But it would be on a line. There's no touch, and he seemed to be a little bit better than that with that late in the year. But then Hooker came in, 
and he was able to run the system per- perfectly. And he yeah. has he has he has a good arm. He has a great touch on the deep passes. He's his ability to run is is exceptional, and I, I'm hoping he gets that back after the injury. Mm-hmm. But the the greatest thing to me about Hooker is he's he's a leader. Like he yeah. just that's that's exactly what he does. So if he came into the locker room for the Seahawks locker room and was the starter in 2024, I think the players would appreciate him and respect him. That said, I, I my biggest concern of Hooker would be like, does he need to bring Josh Heupel with him? You know, kind of thing. Um, because I just don't know. He started off at Virginia Tech and he didn't do a whole lot. That's not saying Virginia Tech's not very good, but right. you know, he he exceeded when he got with a coach who could mold a lot of quarterbacks into being great. Right. Um, so that's my concern with Hooker. But but I would like to take him if it was the second round. I think even you said that, second. Todd, didn't you? Yes, exactly. If we can get him in the second round, that would be awesome. I wouldn't take him in the first. If quarterback was our primary need, like if they hadn't re-signed uh, the brilliant Geno Smith, and I'm not talking about on the field, but just as who he is as a person. Yeah. On the field, he's pretty damn great too. But off the field, I mean, you were talking about leadership, right? And it's like um, th- this team, I think literally half that team would literally, and I'm, and I'm not saying literally like figuratively, like people use it, but literally I think half the people on this team would die for freaking Geno Smith. Because literally in a way that Rob Rob Lowe would use. <laughs> but I've I need more fosters with a little bit of rum thrown in. But <laughs> if they didn't have Gino, yes, Hendon Hookers is you gotta take him in the first round. Uh, I'm not saying I would take him over like if one of the top four guys let, let me rephrase that, one of the top three guys, because Will Levis Will is not one of the top yeah, four. Todd and I would both take Hooker nope. over Levis. No, no, no. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, I would take Hooker twice before or whatever, uh, but that's not the situation. They don't they're not in desperate need of a quarterback. And I'm not sure if he's a generational talent because, like you said, really more than anything, the age. Uh, I don't think so much he's a system quarterback as like he found a system that could help his t- talents blossom. Uh, and we all know there have been. How many college quarterbacks have there been who've been awesome in college? Hello, Johnny football. Every quarterback at Ohio State ever. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> basically. Well, C.J. Stroud's trying to change that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think Stroud will change that, but the exception to the rule. But I don't I don't think that's the case with Hooker. I don't think he's just a system quarterback. Uh, I think the talent was always there. He just needed coaching to bring it out. But age is the issue. I mean – yeah, he, he, you're losing three years compared to some other quarterbacks, and that's tough. So that's why in this situation, it's like I would take second if he's available in the second, even if it's 37. If they don't move around, I would definitely take Hooker if he's available at 37. And I know you said like he was available 83, and I I literally ran 50, literally as in actually ran 50 mock drafts. And I tried to game the system and see if he would be available later. And about 20 times he was available with the Hawks' second second round pick, but or you know late in there. But once he was even available in the third, is like that would be gold. But yeah, no, you can't take him in the first just because of no. the needs. But if he's available in the second, yeah, absolutely, I would take Hooker. I like using a Pro Football Networks 
mock simulator um just because it's easy and they offer the trades and things like that mm-hmm. but yeah i was it's running really one, good yeah, yeah. i was running one for the titans today because i do a little bit of stuff for the titans um but um <laughs> the stuff that was let's uh, be honest you do half of the titans uh views in in about three posts but uh, that's besides that's the true that you is true that. actually you can probably edit that, that out but that doesn't really i mean if i i get three views and that's so i get six um <laughs> No, no, I'll, I'll say, so, like, I wrote one about Derrick Henry landing spot, and it was just like, yeah. okay, what? How many? This is insane. But, um, yeah. so, yeah, I just help out over there. But I ran one uh, today for them, and a couple uh, actually restarted because I was, like, the players that had still available at certain places. I was like, nah, this is not realistic. So then I restarted it. And it's funny because the mock draft is like, I, I like it, but some of the players that don't get picked, like, make zero sense. Because you know they're going higher than what are still available. And yes, like, I would Mitchell say Torrance, that. He was, like, available in the fifth round, and I'm like, uh, I'll take him, but he's not. that's not real. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I agree with you on Tor- Torrance would be, uh, you know, if they traded back yes. to like 28 and took him, then I think that'd be fantastic. I think the guy's a beast. And I think Damian yeah. Lewis is underrated. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's what was funny about that the mock draft. The, the guy then did the 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 fake mock draft to address uh, the people who said you're. Where he took the tackles. Where he took the tackle and moved <laughs> him to guard. It's like, dude, you've got a guard already that you could get in the second or at you know at worst with the twentieth pick, and he hit him with a fifth pick. Do you not know what the Seahawks need? <laughs> How stupid are you? It's like that's why his his tongue-in-cheek mock draft where he picked a running back actually made more sense like this dude how do you have a job yeah. oh my god well just call him lee vowel i know that's what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> lee you're an idiot anyway that's right. all tackle draft yeah um, all like, offensive line that's right so, that's a, funny because that's what it ended up with the titan i mean they need everything on the offensive line but that's yeah. what it ended up with the titans they only had six picks and i, I think four of them were offensive line i was like all right, I guess that's what I'll run with. Um, I, so Todd and I have a we don't have a debate because we see eye to eye on this. No, we have a debate. Um, <laughs> well, we have a debate on whether we would take him. I gut hate you. We agree on for your five, opinion. but we do have Do-we? a debate on whether to take him. Well, we both wouldn't. Who would you take at five? Well, <laughs> the, the, who would I take at five? I would yeah. take. Here we go. Here we I go. would take um, probably a kicker. Uh, the guy from North Carolina State. Because <laughs> um, Lee is an idiot, but he only portrays one on TV. So well, that's the guy that scores the most points. I don't that's understand. Right. He leads the team. If, if um, your team's any good, your kicker better be leading and scoring. Exactly. So he's phones. by default the most important player on the team. No, um, no. If it, if it were me, I would I would take um, if they're available. Assuming, let's say, all four quarterbacks go in the top four, which it could if we end up with enough trades. I would take Will Anderson, and then I would take um, Tyree Wilson. Um, but the, and we and agree. I, I, yes, I, I would agree. I, I have to interrupt for a moment. Andrew, you're not ever coming back, are you? He didn't know what you were in for. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, I enjoy this. This is this is really good. This is a good conversation. Yeah. Um. But but what we want to know from you, Andrew, and, and you can your opinion is just as valid, probably more so than ours. Yeah, because it's. But if Jalen, if Jalen Carter is around at number five, yes. what are your thoughts on taking him? Well, my guess is they just they brought him in this past week to give a character assessment of him. In my opinion, that's why they brought him in this week. Exactly. I'm not 
for sure. I, I think they just kind of had to do it because they know he's one of the top prospects and maybe they just didn't, they didn't get a chance to see him because he, I don't think he had a typical uh, like senior game and pro day kind of thing. It was kind of jumbled. He didn't have a, a combine like a normal combine, like most top prospects do because of all the off the field things that are right. going on with Carter right now. Um, but I, I would, I would probably stay away. I would stay away from him because, because I just That's Todd clapping. Bring knowing, him back. Bring him knowing, back. knowing the history of uh, uh, that we've had with guys in the past. Like I think, didn't we have Malik McDowell? I think is was yep. this guy we took exactly. him in the second round. Yes. He was out of Michigan State, and then he got had the whole car accident. He had a car accident thing, I think, that happened. A- ATV uh, after ATV. he was drafted. And, and yeah. there were quality yeah. character issues before Correct. the accident. Before, before yeah. the draft, yeah. And so I think it would just be wise of the Seahawks to probably not take him there. I would, I and I think that. I think that someone else will. I think I, I, I think a team like I think I saw a mock this week that had the Eagles taking him at ten, him falling to ten or something like that. He he'll get selected probably early. Someone will I mean the Browns took a shot on Deshaun Watson. I mean it, I mean that there's teams that <laughs> That's will because Jimmy Hyams is scum. Yeah. Oh, did I say yeah. that out loud? Yeah, well. It is. Let me ask you a quick question. Um If go the ahead. Seahawks, if the Seahawks don't go for, we know they're going to go for our defense. We we pray to God, whatever God <laughs> you pray to, that they're going to go for defense uh, on the on the fifth pick, right? And they right. have to go with a sure thing, which is Lee and I agree they they can't go with Carter on the fifth pick because of the questions. It's like if he's there at twenty, if you know something happens, then that's a different issue. I still would yeah. take him. I think Lee said he would. Correct. Other than defense. So on the twentieth pick, and not not like a particular player, but what position are you drafting? What are you looking for? I just okay. mocked uh, Branch Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety. He's wow. he was I really liked his tape. I watched I just watched his tape. He's really good wait, in the wait. run game. Wait 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 Lee, this guy watches tape. Andrew, can you come back next week? Because that's right. Do you actually dedicate yourself to this? As Lee and I just like, let's talk about this. I don't know. Yeah, that's I saw that one college football game last year. I mean, I, I, I know enough. So you go with you would go with safety. Yeah, uh, Brian. Yeah, they've well, they've already um, done visits. I think they did a visit with uh, Jamie Robinson. Uh, right. He's more likely to be a third round pick. He was out of Florida State, but right. Brian Branch. I really liked what I saw from him. He, he's good in the pass game and in the run game, and the Seahawks really need a guy, uh, a younger player, because uh, they do have Jamal Adams, but he hasn't really been particularly healthy. Um, and then Quandre Diggs is getting older, so I would think that that safety is probably a need for them uh, here in the n- near future. And uh, I look at Brian Branch, and he, I really liked what I saw from him, as I said. And uh, he reminds me kind of of uh, Camp Chan, a little bit of Camp Chancellor. He can come up and make make plays in the run game, as I said, and he he has the ability to also make plays in the passing game. So 
Um, and they're likely not going to use a top five pick on Devin Witherspoon uh, right. from Illinois, which I liked him too. I watched, I just watched oh, him yes. as well. I love Witherspoon. Yeah. 100%. I would take him at five. If, really like, I, I, if they chose a quarter, if they chose to, you know what we're going to do, our mindset is to rebuild LOB 2.0. And right. instead of we've signed these inside linebackers, Bobby Wagner's, eh, he's OK. Maybe he'll work out. And Devin Bush, <laughs> I'm joking about Wagner. And we've already got Dre Jones and Jaron Reed. And then we're going to draft maybe the guy from Baylor to play nose guard or whatever. Um, or the guy from Pittsburgh to play Kansas from to play nose guard. And that's what we're looking at later. Um, and we're thinking, eh, Taylor, he's inconsistent, but maybe he'll be OK. And, and Nusu is good. And maybe who knows? We'll figure out a her. Maybe Alton Robinson comes back and is healthy. And if the, and they're like, well, you know, we need a cornerback. Mike Jackson can tackle, but that's about it. Witherspoon's tape, going back to the tape, is yeah. amazing. That guy, he's small. He's smaller than, say, Christian Gonzalez or uh, Joey Porter Jr. He's like 5'11", but he hits. I mean, he is. Oh yeah. yeah. I watched his, watched him. He just exploded on some of those guys. Oh my goodness, that that was reminiscent of Cam Chancellor to me, and that's what this this secondary needs. I think is another guy Agreed. who can just really bring that boom back to the Legion of Boom. What? Boom? Oh my God, that's that's amazing. I love that phrase. I was I was looking up. Trademark, uh, I got Andrew. I was looking up uh, Cam Chancellor's draft. I was just no, it wasn't just bored. I'm actually working on an article about draft value, uh, history of Seahawks draft value stuff. And I looked up uh, Cam Chancellor and this site that no longer exists, um, draftace.com. Um, their comments were, and and mind you, I'm not throwing them under the bus because he was a fifth round draft pick. So lots of people were wrong on him, right? The Seahawks right. were wrong on him for the first four rounds. Yeah, yeah. But but the comments are, and this is what we saw out of cam chancellor or what people were writing about cam chancellor out of college chancellor is an elite run defender for a safety but he isn't the complete package while he can certainly contribute at the next level he lacks the athletic ability (laughs) to ever be a force in coverage he he projects as a solid backup and a special teams contributor which helps his stock but he may never be more than that i was like wow well at least they said may at least they said may yikes And then it says, and then he'll probably be a Hall of Famer. No, I, I didn't say that, but I don't, I, I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I wish he was. I don't think he put in enough years for it, but it's just, and that's it's funny because. And that's the only reason he won't be a Hall of Famer. And he should, still should be. I mean, oh, Sandy Koufax is a Hall of Fame. Cam Chancellor should well, be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but Koufax is, that's. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, his hey, prime years, hey, his four, five hey. prime years. I mean, come on. Cam Chancellor. Andrew isn't old enough to remember. Uh, watching Sandy Koufax, we we watched him when he was a freshman. Cam Chancellor is the Sandy Koufax of the NFL. Um, actually, kind of is in some ways. Um, He's not Jewish. I like, but he could convert if he needed to. If I guess so. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he really wanted to commit to the Sandy Koufax of the NFL, he would need to convert to Judaism and and not play on Sundays, which would kind of screw everything up. Um, just like. God, can we have a lot of Thursday games, please? Andrew, this is this is the reality of the show. <laughs> yeah, um, for those listening, Cindy Koufax was actually Jewish. We're not making a uh, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most of our listeners probably don't even know who Sandy Koufax was <laughs> or right. baseball is. Heard um, of Don Drysdale, but who's that Koufax? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Can you? Uh, I, 
talking about getting off the rails. Can you imagine <laughs> someone has heard of Don Drysdale but has never heard of Sandy Koufax? Right, right. They probably saw yeah. the monsters or something. It's like I think Don Drysdale. I've heard of Deshaun Shed, but I've never heard of Cam Chancellor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do not besmirch the fine name of Deshaun Shed. Uh, yeah, but I, I, it's interesting to me that you guys are looking at rebuilding the Legion of Boom. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I was like, uh, to me, that's fascinating that you would spend high, high value picks at that. Well, because I, that's what they did, though, in the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, No, did they? Because they, well, yeah, because what they did is they. Camp they, high value pick? Well, no, 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 but Earl Thomas was. So yeah, what they, Earl Thomas. What they decided but to Richard do German was. Richard Sherman was neither. No, 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 but they, but they did. Uh, cornerback Earl aside, Thomas was a top 10 pick. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, the idea was to get, uh, you know, quality. I mean, maybe they saw the quality and knew they would fall, but Earl Thomas obviously was an intentional oh, yeah. guy. And they tried yeah. to address, they tried to build, because Pete is a secondary coach first and firm, foremost, right? Yeah. So they Absolutely. tried to he, rebuild he from the. He goes out and plays coverage. Yeah, he <laughs> does. It's like he's insane. Um, well, just throwing, watching him throw the ball before games is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's still, anyway. Um, but um, anyway, he wanted to build back to front, right? And so they drafted secondary players and they kind of addressed the defensive line. But what they did is they, then they signed Bennett. And Averill yeah. as free agents, and that's right. see, that's what they've kind of done this year, right? They would do it with Jones and Reed. So it's like, are they thinking Could they we're going to kind of mimic what we did in two thousand? Or is he, or they have to sign him as a free agent? Who? Pete. Was Pete drafted? I, no, I think Pete would have to be signed as a free agent. I don't think they could draft him. <laughs> I don't think he had any. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like. Once Jeff Bezos owns the team, they'll just buy everybody. I'm not mentioning the concept of rebuilding the Legion with high value picks. Like you said, I mean, they did with with Earl Thomas. I mean, for the most part, they went lower. I mean, how many years has it been since they drafted a cornerback higher than than the third round? But Kill Griffin was the last one. Yeah, but but they did. They were tempted last year. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. almost took Sauce Gardner. They brought him in for a right. top 30 visit. Um, I think That's if he good, was that there, guy they was awful. Him... <laughs> Can you Jeff. imagine if they had drafted Sauce Gardner and then still... And, and then got Woolen? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh, that'd like be with, a pretty good... drafting quarterbacks for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, Gardner, I love the rivalry, the, the friendly rivalry, if I could speak normally, uh, that, that he and uh, the freak have. I was like that, that's pretty awesome. It's like, and everybody on the planet except those out of, of New York know that Tariq Woolen, he's the man, not Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is like one A. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, not dissing the dude's talent at all. But it's like, come on, man, come on. Man, if you if you flip so teams, everybody knows that Tariq Woolen. Everybody knows that Tariq Woolen is, was the rookie of the year, especially at that position. But it's like, would I be upset if they'd picked Gardner instead? Not really. No. No. Gardner's excellent. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like you. They were tempted last year. It wouldn't surprise. I mean, again, I'm not. I have nobody knows what the Seahawks are going to do. I mean, they don't even know. Nobody knows. They the don't nobody exactly because there's four teams that are going to pick exactly. Them. Nobody knows what yeah. any team is going to do, even the team, because it's like they don't know what the team. You know what's going to happen yeah. with the second pick? Whoever, if it's Shroud, Str- Stroud, or or Young, whoever gets traded or uh, drafted second, 
the team that ends up with them is going to be like, yeah, that's what we wanted all along. And they could have wanted the other guy, but no, they're going to say, that's what we wanted. Of course they are. Of course they are. They have to. They right. have to. So the Chargers said with Ryan Leaf, which is like, and all praise to Ryan Leaf because he's turned his life around and apparently kook. awesome human being. But they were like, oh, yeah, this is who he wanted. It's like, no, you didn't. It's like yeah. everybody knows you didn't want that guy instead. But we want the guy that's going to throw 28 interceptions in this rookie and, year. And, and there could be two trade, two. There could be three trades before they even get to their pick. Heck yeah. So you know they have so many contingency plans, and they have to. Heck, heck the Cardinals are so poorly run at this point, they might trade completely out of the draft. <laughs> <laughs> we'll trade for the beer rights to that's Bud right. Light. Is Herschel Walker still available? Um, yeah. Cardinals, my God. yeah, Buda Baker. It's like someone who wrote an article about. It's like, oh, it'd be great if the Seahawks could get Buda Baker. It's like, if he plays for free, they could get Buda Baker, but otherwise, it's not likely. Um, Are you gonna play with they, five safeties? Yeah, they don't have cap space. They don't have enough cap space right now. Obviously, they'll no. adjust, right? But they don't have enough cap space to sign the rookies they're gonna draft. Right. That's why trading back makes sense because then you're gonna mm. it's slotted a different amount. Right. And, you know, people are saying, it's like, oh, gee, it'd be great if we can sign Puna Ford and be great if we can sign Frank Clark. It's like, yeah, it would be. It's like, hey, where's that money coming from? Actually, this is the last question I got for you, Andrew, and then we'll let you jump off before it gets really boring. Um, <laughs> which of the two of the two former Seahawks that are free agents, which would you have, Puna or Frank Clark? Um Probably Puna is the one that makes the most realistic sense, I would think, because they could probably somehow find a way to make space for him. Frank Clark's going to cost a lot. I think I think that someone who signs Frank Clark is going to probably be paying upwards, what, of over $10 million a year, probably. probably and, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion twice, right? Um, and yeah, produces so. in the postseason. Exactly. He's made a big, big impact for the Chiefs. Uh, and I would think that um, that's why. And I think I think Puna Ford, he's he he's a Pete Carroll guy. A lot, Pete Carroll likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say he's probably the, the likeliest there to go. But I think as far as like the D line is concerned, it all depends on kind of what they do in the draft, because there's so many defensive linemen in this draft. It's like one of the deepest defensive line drafts I've seen in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. They could yeah. like they could even just not pick one at five if they were really crazy and somehow they they got you were able to take one of those quarterbacks. It's possible they could do that there, too, and potentially take a defensive lineman at 20 because, yeah, Brian Brees, you have Andre Carter. Um, you have Mazzy Smith, you have uh, Kalijah Kansi still out there. I mean, probably by that by that point. I would assume so. Just, his, his arm length is bothering him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not joking. It seems like teams are not liking that. That's what right. you brought up Kansi. I mean, that's one reason. Another reason I would pass on Carter at five. If Kansi's available at 20, I'd be like, that's that guy fits what we need. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Right. I, have one, I actually have one last question for you, too. Uh, you're talking about the quarterbacks. At number five, okay, so we're not talking about Stroud or Young, but if if that young fellow from Florida is available at five, would you take Tim him? Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow, is that who you're talking about? Yeah, no. the, the no. brilliant Tim Tebow. Would you take him or would you go defense? I would I would take Anthony Richardson at five because I really like his character. 
he's I, he's just got a lot. He's raw. He's got a lot of athleticism and talent. Totally, but yeah, you've got Gino. You've got Gino Smith, and I think I trust John Schneider enough. I mean, he almost took Mahomes and Josh Allen. If he is certain that Anthony Richardson is the guy that he can be a quarterback of the future, I would absolutely take him at five if he's there because there's a good chance that will anderson gets taken before then like what if the yeah. texans can't find a trade partner and they don't want to take a quarterback at two and they decide to take anderson or if the cardinals take anderson at, right uh, so i mean it all depends on can those teams find trade partners maybe not everyone loves because we saw last year these quarterbacks i mean not everyone loves the quarterback every time we only saw one quarterback taken in the first round last year in kenny pickett and there was a chance they could have that desmond ritter or malik uh could have been taken there but they but they weren't taken there they were taken in like the third round so um it just depends on how much these teams value these quarterbacks and um the Seahawks were very serious about looking at quarterbacks. They went to uh, several yeah. pro days. Um, and I think that in Richardson said that he felt that the Seahawks were the fit in his mind. He really liked Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah. I, I could definitely see him taking Anthony Richardson in five. Seahawks took a lot of selfies too. Lee, I think you found yeah, a much did. better partner. I think I've got Sundays. Off. <laughs> like, well, dang, was- man. I was going to say, you know, the thing about you kind of Andrew hit on uh, John Schneider and him knowing quarterbacks, which he does. The the other part of Richardson is that Gino is such a good dude that he wouldn't probably mind grooming Richardson as well. He knows it's a business. Absolutely. Immediately. How how many times did we hear from Drew Locke about how much help Gino when they were still in open competition for the job and Gino was helping him? It's like, who does that? Yeah, that's so cool. Gino came from the wrong playbook. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Gino is awesome. Gino's Gino is a great was, guy. Gino is yeah. awesome, Agreed. which is probably a big reason why Richardson says the Seahawks were a great fit because it's like, how could you find a better mentor than Gino Smith, a guy mm-hmm. who's been in the league forever and kept grinding, waited for his chance, made the best of his opportunity, of like pfft, unbelievably made the best of his opportunity, and yet is such an open and supportive player that he's helping the guy who's trying to take his job. Like, come on, man. Yeah, but Richardson said, you know, only said one sentence to him while he met him, which was don't go to the jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. I think there was, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think that that would be really cool if they could, if they, if they get him, could get him there at five. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't crush me if they, if they, didn't take a defensive player there and they decided to wait until 20 to do that. And they went and got the best quarterback. Cause you don't get these chances very often. Very you, true. How many times do you get to select one of the top quarterback prospects in the entire draft? Right. Hopefully not many. Cause that, that means yeah, you ho- suck. Hopefully, exactly. Hopefully never. Right. Hopefully you never get a fifth draft, a fifth pick again. Yep. But yeah. Andrew, think, thanks for joining on. You were fantastic. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. You'll definitely have to be on again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. I really enjoy being on here. I definitely want to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the draft. And I feel like it's still months away, but it's less than two weeks. But yeah. 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 All right. Thank, thank you. you.
Thanks, right. Andrew. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. okay. Let's just be honest. It's like Andrew's doing Twelve Men Rising now, and neither of us are on anymore. Yeah, and yeah. It was the most. It'll actually be about the Seahawks. I know it was. It was the most. It was the best. Um, I can't even be, think. Now that he's left the show, I can't even think straight. Um, it'll be intelligent it, and well founded. Is like, yes, oh my it'll be God. well thought out. It'll actually make sense. <laughs> Which reminds me. Uh oh. Since, since yeah. So um, I I subscribe to the Pit, which is a metal magazine. Okay. They they have. I'm gonna just gonna read the whole little article, Please which is do. about. It's from a guy, my new hero, named Michael Burden, um, who writes for several metal magazines. As in but, beasts. As beasts. Beast of Burden. Beast. It's not a Rolling Stones magazine. Um, Michael Burden. Oh, Burden. No, 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 no. It's B E R D A N. Can't you tell the spelling from my my great diction? It's like Elton John esque. Oh, like war. No, the animals. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Ted Ted Nugent. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna vomit up article. all my beer. Why did you say that name? Well, because yes. after after I read after I read the article, you'll be like, oh yes, now I I like. I even looked up Michael Burden on Twitter. He's in a band out of New York called uh, I can't remember, Uniform or something. Um, I haven't heard the band. I, I actually just read the article and I looked this it's guy not up. Even, like, nurses uniform or something, because that would be better. But, yeah, okay. yeah, no. Um, it's a, the article is, is titled "Ted." People li- li- listening to this show are like, "Wait, wait!" They were just talking about what did I miss? I miss a great. No, no, we just went go straight. Back to, go, back to, go back to the part with Andrew, because that's the part that I'm <laughs> listening to. <laughs> so this is called "Ted Nugent Announces Final Tour." So maybe God is real. <laughs> it's, it's not very long. And it's not very Pitt-esque. I mean, usually they put out stuff and it's about whatever. But this is the article. The, the world is a terrible place. As humanity quickly careens towards self-destruction as a result of climate change, artificial intelligence, thermo, thermonuclear war, or any number of totally preventable calamities, it sometimes feels like nothing good will ever happen again. It is always darkest before dawn, friends. Ted Nugent, the transphobic, apartheid-supporting, xenophobic, gun-nut conspiracy theorist who shits his pants to dodge the draft, has announced his final tour. The, I thought this was at first an ad. I was like, oh, he's announcing his tour. What is this article about? And it says, anyways, the guitarist who hasn't been musically relevant for multiple decades but nonetheless is enough of a fucking asshole to stay in the public discourse announced his imminent retirement from the road in a video posted on April 13th. Because we can't win them all, he said he'd still make records. Nugent has been a festering wound of, a, of the soul of rock and roll since his early days with the Amboy Dukeson, I'm not sure what that is, in the 60s. Beginning with a self-titled solo record in 1975, he released 16 albums w- with consistently diminishing returns. At last, his final Adios Mofo U.S. tour starts July 20th in Indiana and ends in Detroit on August 11th. That's a short-ass tour. Uh, I added that last part. According to Nugent, this is Adios Mofo. This is the last tour. Now I'll always play. I'll always play music. I've got new records I'm going to make. I can't wait to unleash one. I'm going to skip the next one because it's just Nugent. And then it says, um, he says, uh, Nugent adds, "Thank you everybody for an incredible musical dream. The musical dream will continue, but I'm not going to on tour anymore because hotels are gel. A hotel room is gel for me. My dogs won't allow me." to not spend the day with them and end of quote. And so burden goes back and says, for what it's worth, at least the guy cares about dogs. 
even a broke clock is right twice a day. Here are the tour dates. Can <laughs> how can dogs stand this guy? I I don't know. I, I mean, know. it's like if there's a if there's a personification of meth, if it's not Kid <laughs> Rock, it's Ted Nugent. This guy is. Uh, I, by the way, I had to mute myself for about two minutes because I was laughing so freaking hard. Uh, uh, well, you know, this is a gift to humanity that this is his last tour. And the FBI probably ought to, like, just check around at the the crowds because probably half of them were at the January 6th insurrection and haven't been rounded up yet. I mean, this guy is such a piece of human awful. Yes. And I don't mean A-W-F-U-L, although that's true too, but O-F-F-A-L. Although people who listen to Ted Nugent wouldn't understand that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Well, yeah. that that is proof that God is real because actually if God was real, it's like the tour wouldn't happen. I can't believe the, he has dogs. How, the PGA how, tour? How can how – can, yeah, the PGA tour. How can dogs not sense this, this guy's basic inhumanity? I don't I think know. they would understand. I think he would more have like I don't know, like Beatles, and I don't mean like the band. No, uh, gotcha. Because <laughs> like, he has the Beatles in, in his cellar. What? A, he just has Paul down there. He's, he's just a horrible human being, a horrible, freaking human being. The horror. Um, <sighs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Why is Bill Maher trending on Twitter? Hmm. I don't know. What did he say? Did he did he start a remake of Apocalypse Now? Called Apocalypse I, uh, Later. Ooh, we should do that movie. Let's do that movie. Let's make a movie called Apocalypse Later. This is I Apocalypse Later. Sorry. <laughs> Redux. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, so happy he's not. That's right. Still on right now. I, I Bill Maher. I don't know. I see. I used to like Bill Maher. I don't dis- dislike him. But I used to like him a lot more. Yes, and I feel like I he has intentionally gone to – it used to be where you knew where he stood, right? He was yeah. a liberal, and he would attack Republicans and conservative views because they're stupid. And then now he's gone to the to the part where it's like I'm going to figure out what really might piss people off, and I'm going to talk about that. But his whole stance on seems, like – yeah, on on the vaccine and stuff like that. It's like, dude, I yeah. mean, and I still now that we've come out of COVID a little bit, right? It's like, and people are getting less sick because, um, right. you know, we've uh, people have taken the vaccine and lots of steps have been taken to help reduce the amount of deaths that we have. It's not like, oh, I guess sure. we just got all immune. And the virus itself is mutating to more communicable and less lethal because that's what viruses do. That's what a researcher said when I first started. Eventually, this is going to be like the new common cold. Everybody's going to get it, and it's not going to be as terrible because that's just what viruses do because it doesn't benefit them to kill the host because they can't spread. Because they die. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but but also uh, that's true, but along with the vaccine being created also helped reduce – a lot of deaths and helped us get Absolutely. to the to the part where it's you know it's uh which reminds me i need to take my booster so thank you for reminding seriously it's like i do need to go get a booster for it because it's it's still around and uh, you know because i got it after i got the vaccine but it was mild i didn't miss work 
big improvement compared to the first time I had it when I missed a week. No, seven days of work. Not yeah. fun. Had somebody that I work with, not in the office, because uh, in my day job I don't, um, I don't uh, work in yeah. in the office every day. Um, but one of my teammates who lives in Nashville actually got COVID last week. So he tried to work through it. I think he took one day off. I mean, he's there. You he, go. He tried to work through it because he's at home, you know, and he right. like, wanted to keep working. And he's still kind of new to the position, so he didn't want to look bad or anything. But um, sure. I don't know. There's, I mean, it's still it's still out there. To, but... to date, there have been 104 million cases of COVID in the U.S. alone. Mm-hmm. So you know, these people act like, oh, there's nothing. It's like, um... well, and that's the thing that bothers me. Now that now that it's kind yeah. of we're passing through it, all these people who at the at the start of it were saying, oh, we don't need this vaccine, the government, blah blah blah, and now they're saying, look, the vaccine didn't help. It's basically what they're saying, and that's what yeah. pisses me off. Right, exactly. There, there, 1.15 million, 1 million, 158,150 people died from COVID in the U.S. so far, as of today. A million freaking people, man. It's like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for AR-15s, it's like, COVID would be the leading cause of death in the U.S., but that's a <laughs> totally separate conversation. <sighs> yeah, still the number one killer of... Uh, Children. Yeah, of youths under eight, under eighteen, right? Um, it's it's kind of funny because it's uh, it's we had that shooting in in Louisville this past week, and yeah. it, it was horrific, obviously. But it, you know, at some point, part of you has to say, "Oh God, at least it wasn't a school this time." I mean, how accustomed yeah. are we getting to? <laughs> it's ridiculous. My- my my uh, future wife, my fiance, although we're not formally engaged, Jill Biden. She Wait lives in Joseph. <laughs> she lives in Canada, and we talk about that because they had a school shooting a couple months ago, and it was like, of course, it's horrific. But up there, it's okay. What are we going to do to make sure this never happens again? And they take steps because it's so unusual, it's so horrific, and it's like, what happened? And here, what we happened? Have, we hear, like here we have people, thing. you know, throwing up thoughts and prayers and writing about how well, you know. Cain killed Abel with a rock. He didn't take an AR-15. It's like, oh, uh, oh can I point out that the thoughts please. and prayers are always post-event? Yes. Like that really helps him now, doesn't it? Doesn't it? No. And pretty sure, well, for one thing, there weren't like sixty odd other people around when Cain killed Abel. And if he'd had an AR-15, maybe he could have killed off Adam and Eve too, and just like done everything. It's like. How are you so stupid? How are you so stupid? And they bring up as like, oh, look, so and so, you know, attacked five people with a knife, and it's like, oh, they all survived. But how many people would have been dead if they had had a weapon? And yeah. I'm not advocating absolute ban of of anything. Like, I, you're not, but I always do. And, and you've said do. that for years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Is because I have a friend who has I don't know how many weapons he has. I mean. And I mean, like rifles, pistols, et cetera. He may have uh, seriously, he may have 60 or 50, 60 or 70. I have no idea. And I don't care. This guy could have an M1 Abrams tank parked out at a at a at a freaking shooting range because I know he can be trusted to use it as much as it could be possibly be used uh, responsibly. But he would. He's not going to go off the rails because he's passed background checks like. 
let's have some serious freaking background checks. Like you can't walk in and buy a gun even like two or three days after you what how does it hurt someone to apply for to purchase a semi-automatic weapon that by the way you can buy a kit for like 20 bucks online to change it into a fully automatic or if you know what the hell you're doing you can just file it down and change it to a fully right. automatic weapon <clears throat> how does it hurt to, to make you wait for 30 days to do that it's, it's so difficult to drive in this country compared to buying a weapon that can literally kill hundreds of people and and this 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 freaking death cult that we're in it's like, oh, it's like we gotta re we, we have to watch out for the government. And it's like you are the same assholes who are supporting the people who tried to overthrow the government because you're in love with some freaking moron who loves dictators. Like the the lack of critical thinking. This oh, is like Tucker Carlson. Show. Sorry to disagree, but he says that was a peaceful protest. <laughs> you know, if anybody. Nope, not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. But you say it, Fox News is the national inquirer of, of news networks, and we've become so ill-educated in this country that what we think we hear is truth, when really it's just not people. at all. Not at all what I was gonna say. That's actually absolutely true. But that's not at all what I was gonna say. But yeah, you're gonna people, defend Tucker Carlson. I was gonna defend Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Carlson. It's it's mind blowing. You know, it's you know the fact that people don't know what they don't know, and they're they're so focused on their own little narrow worldview and their mindset and their prejudices, and so someone comes along that says, yeah. I'm not going to say it out loud, although occasionally I will, but it's like, yeah, got to worry about those brown people. Got to worry about those poor people coming in and taking your jobs. And it's like, and no, it's actually like the love for Elon Musk, who has reduced the workforce of Twitter by 80%, and people love him. It's like, do you not see he's your enemy? He's firing people left and right. He's cut four-fifths of the staff. Walk along. Find five people working in a room. Four of them are fired. That is what this guy is doing. And you think that's a good person? What right. the hell is wrong with you? He does it to make himself money. And that's that's what we've lost. And the that's ability what they to worship because they think, oh, my God, someday I can do that, too. It's like, no, probably no, no, not going to no, be born the into it's the that, son of an emerald mine owner. The opposite of that. They think those people know how to make money. Therefore, somehow I'm going to get a part of that. That's the. <laughs> And I'm not joking. That's what yeah, people which that's is what comical, they think. Because no, this guy not. knows how to run a business. He's going to help me lead. In, I'm going to be led into a better life, too. What What but, is fucking wrong with hilarious you? hilarious because he doesn't because Twitter is bleeding money so badly. Tesla's stock like, was bottoming out because Twitter was hurting so bad that he was taking loaning money off Tesla's stock to prop up Twitter. It's like this guy is a complete idiot. And – He's a horrible human being, and this is the kind of people that – thank God it's a minority, but this is the kind of people that a, a large minority of people in the U.S. worship because they worship money. They say they worship Jesus Christ. They don't. Right. They worship money. That's all they worship. And as it, long as that uh, blue-eyed white guy on that cross gives me my money. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that he was from the Middle East. Yeah, we probably should go to something a little lighter. 
Texas. So Texas. Uh, Rob Gordon, <laughs> Rob Gordon's this week are. Uh, I, was, I feel like I was going to say something. You saw where the Rays lost yesterday, right after winning 13 straight games. Those bastards, they suck. It's weird that 13, like, you can't go beyond that, right? Not yeah. modern-day baseball. I think the, what, right. 83 Braves and 87 <laughs> Brewers, 13 straight. Now the Rays, 13 straight. And it's just like, yeah, that's why, why can't you get beyond 13? Just do 14. Triska deck of baseball phobia. Yep. NBA playoffs are underway. NHL playoffs are underway. Uh, Texas. Honestly, I don't care about the NBA playoffs until it's the – Conference finals. Yeah, I I used to like I used to like the NBA. I used to like basketball in general more. And it, to me, it's and we've talked about this before. Yeah. But to me, it gets watered down because it's like it does. And I, I don't care about the European players. They make the game better. It has nothing to do with that. Right. My my issue is that you have they change the rule where it's like you have to have one year in college and then they leave after college. It's a stupid rule, right? It's it makes zero sense. Um, but you don't get to know these players. Like I'm a Carolina guy and they, and they suck right. this year, but right. if you're really good, you're going to leave after one year. So I don't have this built in like, Oh yeah, Jordan, he's a Carolina guy. I'm gonna follow him. I used to do that, you know? Um, yeah. but now it's like, I don't know a lot of the players that are going into the NBA. So when those teams get good, I'm like, Oh, he's great. No, exactly. no idea who he is. Who the hell is he? Right. Exactly. And yeah, I just don't. I just don't care about that. And that's why I don't really care about the NBA nearly as much. I mean, I'm not saying that games aren't entertaining, but there's uh, I get, part of the problem is similar to baseball. There's so many games. Each game has less impact. Of course, there's twice as there's half as many games as in as there are in baseball. So right. one individual baseball game has almost zero impact on anything. But baseball to me is infinitely more entertaining than uh, than than basketball just <sighs> yeah it's funny you say that because it's like i think every year it goes down like the mariners a couple of years ago were one game away from making the playoffs right yeah. and it's like well if they just won that one game in april right that yeah, they had true. a lead it's just yeah every game is, is is equally important and you don't know if it's the third game of the, of the season or the last game of the season right uh, you know but yeah basketball is just like just can't get into it. I just cannot get into it. Well, then once the mistakes are raised and it's the conference finals, it's like, ah, okay, this is interesting now, but it's like, yeah, nah. So anyway. uh, Rob Gordon's are five. Have nothing to do, have everything to do with the basketball. <laughs> yeah. Five greatest tax uh, related, money related songs, I guess. Yeah. As it is connected to current NBA players. Indeed. So they pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> They make a lot of money, and which means they make they pay no taxes. They pay no taxes um, exactly. They, they right. subscribe to the Donald Trump version, and they're all that's going right. to jail too if they do that. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's go ahead. We'll both say just number one together. The number one tax song is, of course, Tax Man. Tax Man. So let's start with two By through Nick five. Lee. Uh, uh, Nickel uh, Creek is that Nickel what you Creek, said? yes. Nickel Creek there, because obviously I had to look some of this up because I don't know like five tax related songs. <laughs> Didn't either. I was kind of half joking and I was like, well, it's an hour before the show and I've got stuff to do. So, <laughs> yep, that's what we're doing. Ooh, you jumped ahead of me. I did it 40 minutes before the show. But there is an. Oh, I haven't version. done it. 
I just there's a <laughs> there is a bluegrass acoustic, obviously a version of Taxman, the Beatles hit by Nickel Creek. It's actually very good. It's not as good as the Beatles version, but it's very good. So that's my uh... Taxman. It's actually, uh, honorable mention. I was wondering how long you would wait before you jumped in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I mean, tax- if you have five, because it's actually a good song. That's a great Not song. Not only is it called Taxman, but it's a good song. It's a great song, yes. <clears throat> so, anyway. uh, I guess number number five, I do have a number two, actually. Um, okay. Like a legit two. Um, yeah. I guess number, number, a song that is not on my top five was at the bottom of the list I saw. Called Money, Money, Money by ABBA, and then it got stuck in my head. <laughs> as, as almost any song by ABBA will. I saw yes. that too, and I, I wisely did not listen to it because I knew what would happen to me. <laughs> I'd be hearing that freaking song in my head for two months. Yes, it's just horrible. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, but I guess number five for me is not even by far not my favorite Pink Floyd song, but Money. Um, yeah. It still is anti capitalist song, and it's a good song. Um, but yeah, I guess money by, by Pink Floyd, which is off dark side of the moon. Right. Yeah. Not on, not on my list, but totally belongs to the list. My number five, never heard of the song until, uh, well, the show has been going on for quite a while now, but I never heard of the song until 40 minutes prior to the song to the show. Really good song though. Called Taxman Ska by Baby Love and the Van Dangos. Obviously it's a ska, uh, type song. Really catchy. Check it out on Spotify or whatever your uh, music choice is. But very good. Catchy, catchy shooby. And it's not um, a ska. It's not a ska riff on the Beatles version of Taxman. It's a. It's 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 own it's, it's oh, yeah. entity. It's its own entity. It's actually it's number one on this one list. I saw the best well, song about taxes you've never heard of. It is it's if it's impossible for you to smile on tax day, and no one will blame you if you can't. Uh, this bouncing and I'm getting money. And I still don't smile on tax day. I died every other year I have to pay. This bouncy <laughs> reggae tribute to the tax man might do it for you. Last year, last seven years, I've just refused to pay. After, <laughs> after the show, listen to it. Because it really, it's really good. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Well, so. Cool. Um, so what, number four on number four? Yeah. I think I have a good solid three and two. Um, one is, number three is not, it kind of is a, tax song but it's not really um I'm, i'll say number four for me is is moving out by billy joel almost um, went with that almost went with that i love that song does have the line you can pay uncle sam with right. overtime is that all you get for your money. monet yeah i really i i really really like uh billy joel and uh, that's great a great album too that's the a great album yeah. oh my god the strangers like Mm, uh, one of the top 100 albums of all time absolutely which i know that sounds like well only 100 but it's like how many it's almost strange how good it is hundreds of <laughs> i give you the andrew bale clap um my number <laughs> we on number four yeah sure a uh, sunny afternoon by the king okay that's my number two actually ah! i know that song really well and i'm just a, such a huge King's so, fan. so talk i know you are so talk more about that song um it's uh it's it's funny because it's a it's a 60 song right for the right. kinks uh, but it's very uh it's it's kink-esque so it's very um they're the most english <laughs> i guess english of 60s bands if that makes sense because they really stayed true to the roots yes um so it has a you know it's um great melody 
a simple melody Ray Davies singing, but it's it's almost like a it's a very happy song, but it's a lot of Kink songs are very happy sounding, and then kind of like the lyrics, right? Right. Yeah. That's that's the that's the modus operandi of the Kinks. Oh, what a happy bouncy song! It's like yeah. you are gonna die. Because Davies is a great great yeah. lyricist and Absolutely. is very English, so it's a very tongue in cheek. Uh, so you said it's a very Kinks. Not esque, but I mean, have they ever done a song that was not part of their? And I'm not like, have they ever gone like? Is there an outlier kink song, or aren't they all? Don't they all kind of fit that? I mean, because the Beatles are kind of all over the map, which is part of their brilliance. But I mean, if you hear the Kinks, and I'm not saying oh they're robotic and not at all, no. but it's like if you hear a kink song, it always fits the Kinks, right? I mean, it does, and that's that's yeah. the, I, actually it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people like a certain era of the Kinks, as opposed because they changed their sound so much. They're still, but they're still the Kinks, kind of like right. what you were saying. I mean, they basically there's no heavy metal without the Kinks, even though they're definitely not a heavy metal band. They have some, an album that sounds a low budget as a heavy metal album. Yeah. But there's also no, I mean, there's no Blur without the Kinks. It's very interesting. I know. It's just a, a great band. And two brothers who clearly love themselves, uh, love each other very, very much. I'm, I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> No band with brothers. Lo- they they don't. Oasis. Um, oh my God. Kinks. You know, if I never hear about Oasis, the band again, ever in my life, I will be so. Number happy. four for me is Oasis. No. <laughs> Are we number four or number three? I have no idea. Anyway, at some random number, I'm going to. Oh yeah, because we're at number three. Because well, I I don't. I, I said my number two. I didn't say my number. Yeah yeah yeah. Four number number three right. Yes, number three for you. Okay, and that was your number three? I'm no, so that confused. was my number four. Okay, so number three for me is if I had a million dollars. So yeah. I never said my number... F- oh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So number three for me is if I had a million dollars by by Bare Naked Ladies, which is a fantastic song. It and is. The, the lyrics are, especially the green dress, it's a, not a real green dress that's cruel. It's just one of my favorite lines ever just because it's it's the the bare naked ladies almost maybe because they're canadian yeah. have a lot of english kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff too canadians are good people let me tell you um especially in quebec good fishing in quebec my number three is what if we all stopped paying taxes and i again i admit i'd never heard the song until like an hour pre-pro by sharon jones and the dap kings now sharon jones was a phenomenal talent uh, never made it big until almost she didn't even make it big towards the end of her career. Partridge then, family, right? And that's it. Um, but it's such a good song. And it's like this woman had such a phenomenal voice. So I mean, honestly, like I've agreed with everything that you've come up with. It's like I looked at it, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go with something else, just because I was trying to do something different because I was afraid we'd have the same five songs. <laughs> <laughs> but because <clears throat> we we came up with an extremely limiting. Rob yeah. Gordon says for no reason because we were yeah. bored. Well, it's tax weekend, so you know. But Sharon Jones. For some again, I don't. I haven't paid taxes in seven years. So. Sharon Jones is a phenomenal singer, as in a, a, a wonderful voice and the ability to tell a story at the same time, which to me is a huge difference. Huge difference between the voice and the ability to tell a story with your voice, how you use it, and a lot of singers they're one or the other. And she she was both. So what if we all stop paying taxes? Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. On to you, sir. So is number two for me? 
I don't know. Sure. I thought it was number think, three. Well, my number three was oh, the uh, yeah. Bare Naked Ladies one. And yeah. then number, and we yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about number four for you was the Kinks song. And then I think I said number, something. Number two was your Kinks. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. So we're at number song. two for me, which is the Kinks. I'll just, I'll just throw, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Have you missed one? Have you missed one before? I think so. I don't, I'm just going to say 1040 Blues by Robert Cray. Okay, um, there we go. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I've not heard yes. of that song. I yeah, like I, a lot. Oh yeah, I really like. When I, he was, gosh, he had uh, "Strong Persuader" was a fantastic album. I actually saw him tour it was late eighties, I think. Oh you, yeah. You go to a lot of concerts. I, I to used to. to concerts, man. And then I didn't go to concerts for years. And then last year I went to six hundred concerts. <laughs> I was gonna say you went to a lot of concerts last year. Yeah, it was weird. I'd never gone to more concerts awesome. in one year than last year. Um, and then we have we have one coming up in next month in Atlanta, Mastodon. Um, really? Yeah, it's at uh, cool. out, out, outdoor venue. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, 1040 Blues. Uh, that's I've heard the song. It's a it's a great song because it's Robert Clay, Robert yeah. Cray, right. with the little write ups. And this song released because it does better justice than I would to describe it. And this song. Released just before tax deadlines, Cray derides the IRS singing I Hate Texas, but he told the Birmingham News the tune was tongue-in-cheek. Oh, he stole my stole my phrase. It's kind of a joking little song. The idea for it came up last year about this time when I was trying to get my tax paperwork together. So and it literally is about taxes. How about that? Did we do your number two? No, we have none of my number two. Okay. And we uh, know what number one is for... We know what number so one this is, is for tax, man. Because I mean, it almost it could, how could it be anything other than Taxman by the Beatles? Because it's a great song, and it's called Frickin' Taxman, and that's all it's about. So obviously, it would have to be Taxman. It's like if you had another num- another song, it's like that'd be weird. Because uh, I want to well, Taxman by Ace Freely. No, I'm. I'm that oh, that's so sick. Um, uh, I ha- I did have a- another honorable mention, which I'm gonna throw in is Poor Man by Old Girl Medicine Show. Because I haven't, I haven't even thought about Old Girl Medicine Show for probably two decades, but a, a, a cool, odd, weird band, and Poor Man is about, yeah. you know, good stuff, and it does mention taxes. But my number two is, and it's not really about taxes, but it is about money, and it's the OJs, one of my favorite bands, and it's For the Love of Money. Um, it's a song by OJ? Yeah, yeah. It's like he, I didn't know he did produce he, music. Yeah, in in prison, he he produced music, and then he stole. Phil Spector it. was his producer. He stole it from himself, which is really weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> with a gun. For the love of money, by the OJ's. But uh, a little bit of fun, and I just dropped my ring. What the hell is wrong with me? Oh no! Oh. Which ring is it? It's not the one that's gonna rule us all, is it? Well, it will now because I lost it. Oh my god, it's gotten Thanks. huge. <laughs> I think it's going to fit an elephant. That'd be so strange. What just, would happen? From the, just from the back of the room, Todd, hears a voice. My precious. Here we go. Here we go. Next week's Rob Gordon's five worst people to get the ring that rules them all. Oh, I like that. Or animals. If, if my, if my semi drunken mind can remember that, that sounds like one we will do. Oh, I'm writing it down, and I found my ring. Thank Sweet. God, because someone is going to kick my butt for sure. It's like, why are you taking that ring off your finger? What's wrong with you? Because I like to take it off every once in a while and play with it, because it's really pretty, and it makes me happy. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, wow. I need another gigantic can of Foster's Lager with a couple ounces of 
cinnamon infused Haitian rum because now it's a fine drink. Why are you the worst?